The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. If you're a sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended, then turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 193. Today's date is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. If you're out there in the live chat, make sure you say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you want to ask a question, make a comment or whatever, and you want to make sure we see it, you can do a couple of different things. One, you can tag one of us on the panel, not myself, and excuse me, tag someone else, or you can call. Yes, you can call or text into the show on the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates over at theguncleaners.com. That phone number is 530-364-4678. It will be scrolling right there. Right there, as a matter of fact. Right, right there. All right. If you are a veteran, anyone, but especially a veteran and you are having a tough time, you're in that hole in the darkness and you you're starting to question if there's a light out there, feel free to contact me 24-7. Call, text, email, whatever. Get a hold of me. I cannot give you medical advice, but I probably sure as hell be a decent ear to listen, maybe talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone that could get you in the right path towards some medical advice and help, contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Remember... One, you are not alone. There are a lot of brothers and sisters out there that are willing and able to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So once again, drop the ego. We're here to help. 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. Right there. There you go. And as always, uh, we want to spotlight the United States Marine Corps. If you are... Got any questions about what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine? Con, uh, go visit the website, marines.com, and we are part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. It's a nice, great website. We get like-minded, pro-gun, pro-2A, pro-freedom podcasts all in one place. If you're interested in any of that, go check out selfdefenseradio.net. So let's... Uh, Let's take this off, and we're going to try to get him uh, through here. I don't know if he can make it. Uh, we did this show in honor of him, obviously. Why he hasn't done this show before, I don't know. It, it takes someone else to do it for him, but we're glad to have him. He's a little under the weather, a little bit, just a little bit, but we're glad to have him. It's Mike from currently Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. What's up, Mike? My temperature. <laughs> at least the last time i checked it i'm sick i'm so sick but i'm here it was either it was a case of either lay around in my bed and be bored or sit here and talk to you guys so i decided i can at least i'm healthy enough to sit here anyhow i hear you even though well, we're glad to have you even though my pulse ox is at 94 right now so yeah it was better than it was five minutes ago yeah that's true that's true <laughs> maybe the uh Maybe the Tylenol I took at six is finally starting to do something for me. I don't know. Yeah, well, like I said, we're glad um, 
glad that you're here. If you need to bolt, go. Don't even worry about it. Just go. We'll understand why. But yeah, glad you're glad you're here. Hope you feel better, brother. Um, the quasi co-host of this fiasco from the great state of Texas, my home state. The tactical virus. I mean, uh, lep- maybe I shouldn't be joking about viruses right now, should I? Um, sorry, budget. <laughs> the tactical leprechaun himself. What's up, Clove? Yo, not a whole lot. No, nothing really new. Okay, all right. Before we get going, I want to say a quick couple of quick shout outs to the pre-show pre uh, uh, pre-show super chats. Mandatory care. This is for the algorithm. Algorithms mostly keep fighting. Appreciate you, brother. Two dollars super chat. And Lucy out there, Ricardo uh, Carmona, five dollars super chat. Thanks, brother. From Victoria, Texas. Uh, another Texan out there. You got to say it right. Lucy. Sorry. <laughs> Lucy. Um, for those of you that might be new to the channel, new to the show, we are not asking for super chats by any means. Uh, they're all appreciative, uh, appreciated. The super chats from these shows go directly towards sending care packages to our troops overseas. So if you're not aware of that, uh, thank you so much for donating because that's going to send a care package overseas to our, our, our men and women down range. So, yeah, uh, we do have some some newer names out there. Jacob Bears, this is Love the Crayons, the Meal of Marines, damn straight. That actually came from a... a a viewer is i love it so uh, that's part of the set from now on i love it uh, i've always told people you know if you're gonna if you're gonna use the crayon thing in the marine get creative with it and i showed up and this thing actually plays music so yeah they, they got creative with it so i love it i love it lucy that's right lucy gonna change my name to worn out glock is what Stephen elder says out there that's pretty pretty funny worn out glock I've never heard of a worn out Glock. I've never heard of a Glock that just is just worn out. What about Dude, you I've seen I've seen Gen ones. I actually own Gen twos. We no telling how many thousands of rounds through them, yeah. and I've shot Gen ones that still run like a champ. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It is kind of crazy. You know, when people people bash on Glock, and we're not saying they're the greatest guns in the world, but here's the thing: they run, and they run under almost anything you can put through them. And unless you try to do something to make it not run, it's going to run. So, um, yeah, play the music goes for the new people. Oh, well, the crayons. All right, let's do that real quick. So, crayons, right? Not a big deal. Kind of heavy for a crayon box. And I've realized there's a speaker and all that. So, push that and it plays taps. Marine Corps him. That is some music that is, used to be on some of my videos, still is on some of my videos. Semper Fidelis. Problem is, I don't know how to stop it. So I'm going to let it play out. He push it, it just starts over. So we got some background music. Uh, yeah, so it's right back there. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. And, uh, that's always going to be a part of the set. So yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, let's see here. Let's go through the room real quick. Like I said, there are some new people out there. If you're out there and you're new, go ahead and let us know where you're from. We'll give you a shout out. Welcome to the dark side. Hey, we cannot promise to make you any smarter. We just hope not to make you any dumber. That's all we can. That's all we can guarantee is try. Um, here you go. 
Let's see here. Ricardo, I said Ricardo's out there. FNH is out there. Texas Bullets out there. GU is out there. Artak and Daughters. Stephen Elder. 223DMR. Uh, them KJs is out there. Snob is out there. I don't know why Snob's not in here, but okay. Lucius Maximus. Keep your head on a swivel. Damn straight. Uh, South Paul's out there. Rod and Shelly Gates with the gun cleaners. What's up, homies? G23's out there. I think mandatory carries. Uh, so that mandatory carries obviously out there. Let's see here. Keith Gregory's out there. He's not bad for a squid. He's all right, I guess. Uh, Jacob Bears is love the crayons. Yeah. Rich White, the 1% is out there. 1% is out there. JJ's out there. I haven't seen JJ in a while. Good to see him, my friend. Uh, Fierce Mouse. And you see, here's the thing, man. How do we know that you're really fierce? That could just be, you know, I want to know how we can really know that you're fierce. So, yeah, him and him and Danger Mouse may not get along too well. And what about Mighty Mouse? I mean, you got to throw this monster in there. Who's going to win that? It's true. And, wow. and does, does Mickey like any of them? I mean, does anyone get along with Mickey anymore? I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, he said, uh, thank you for your service. The new world order. And I, I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's my honor to serve. So, yeah, appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Del Rey. What's up, Del Rey? Del Rey Dan. Good dude right there. Uh, Dino Rosso, near Detroit. Uh, man, I'm sure I, I probably butchered that name. Diano, Dino Rosso. I, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to call you Dino. If you have a problem, let me know what you mean to call you. But I'm going to call you Dino, and uh, welcome to the dark side, man. Uh, Vor, is it rock? Love that. Love that. Love that. Uh, let's see here. So Rich says that Mickey's a beta male, not the alpha. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, that's, that's, what do you guys think is, is, is Mickey the, the beta? I think Minnie might be the alpha in that relationship. I think he might be right with that. Minnie might be the alpha. I don't know. WB's, WP's out there. All right. So I'm sorry if I miss anybody. Like I said, if you're out there, go ahead and, and uh, send us where you're from and we'll try to get you a shout out. If you have any questions, like I said, Make sure you tag myself or Clover or Budget, and we'll try to get those questions if they're relevant to the conversation. If we want to go down some rabbit holes, we certainly can. We always seem to do that. And uh, But like I said, if you want to call into the show, we will take live phone calls. So, um, yeah, got texting, live phone calls, whatever. Jacob says Bugs is better than Mickey. I agree. I actually like Bugs Bunny more than Mickey. That's just me. And... Um, it is what it is, but yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about budget, and, and the title says budget guns getting a bad rap, but it, it doesn't have to be necessarily guns. The word budget itself seems to get a bad rap um, in our industry slash community and all of that. So it's one of those things to where people need to understand. We say this all the time, and I, I know Mike's here, and he can obviously attest to this. Um, but, you know, we always talk about this, that budget means something different to everyone. You know, obviously, Donald Trump Jr.'s budget gun is going to be a hell of a lot different than our budget gun. But budget means everything uh, different to everybody else. But the word budget itself, it, it's been thrown into it's cheap. It doesn't work. It's not worth your time, not worth your money and all of that. And, and I think that that's 
I don't I don't agree with that. I think there are a lot of of price friendly pieces of gear in our community that are well worth um, the time and effort to to try them out and all that. But we're gonna we're gonna talk a little on that rabbit hole. Uh, before we go, I do want to bring Mike in. I'm gonna try to keep him talking. Maybe he'll start feeling better if he's talking. You know, make him sweat a little bit with these questions, these hard questions. I want to throw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but being this kind of started a couple weeks ago. Uh, you and I were on the phone. You were camping out with your friends. We were we were on the phone for a while talking about a possible shift in name for the channel and all that. And one of the reasons is because you've heard from some industry people that having the word budget in your channel name might be a hindrance because they might take offense to that. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then it, it ended up yesterday with Clover. We were High Point came up in the chat. And there were some people saying high points, this high points, that. And I was like, you know what? Just because it's low price doesn't mean some of these items are bad. But I wanted to bring you in first and kind of tell us your experience with the word budget, since it's literally in the, the your channel name and branding and all of that, where you have seen over the last few years the name budget. Like you said, it might, in certain circumstances, kind of cause some issues. Well, you know, I, I've had viewers leave comments when I'm reviewing a more expensive gun with well that's not budget you know that that's that costs more than this that and the other and that, that's not a budget gun and i've had brands say that we are not now we never have been and we never will be a budget gun so i've heard this from both sides of the equation now to me the whole budget philosophy isn't necessarily you know, budget does not equal cheap. Budget means that the value meets or exceeds the cost, meets or exceeds the price you pay. Is it worth the money that you're paying for it? To me, that's the proposition. Because yeah, as you said, some my budget might be different from your budget, might be different from, you know, the dude down the street's budget. Yep, that's right. Um it, that's an interesting, I mean, because we always, we don't talk about this all the time and everyone talks about this, the word budget. I don't know, is budget like the wrong term that we should be using? Like if, if we're talking a cost effective, uh, a good value product, not a budget gun, maybe a good value gun, uh, um, cost effective gun. But the word budget, for some reason, has automatically recently that I've seen a lot has just kind of turned into piece of junk so yeah it was interesting so where do you stand right now are you still contemplating on the name change or yeah i'm still contemplating it i'm i'm not i'm not decided 100 percent either way because on the one hand you know possibly having the word budget in my name is going to hold back the growth of the channel both from the the the, the viewer aspect and more specifically from the brand aspect uh, because they may not wish to have their their products associated with so the word cheated. budget. On the other hand, uh, while at Tactical Response, I was talking with one of the students there who happens to be in marketing, and his thought was that I don't necessarily have to rebrand, but just throw in a tagline that would explain it more, explain what I mean by that budget philosophy. So I'm kind of torn with uh, which way to take it. Have not I made a decision it. yet. Well, it's it's 
your your channel and yourself you'll be fine either way you go uh, it just really depends on like you said the, the branding is really kind of what i think um what you got to look at and all that uh fierce mouse says ar15 $1000 or less i thought that was the consensus though a $400 ar sits next to me now i think if you would have asked the majority of people Two years ago, what a budget AR, it probably is anything under 500. Right now, I think that number is a thousand because that $500 AR is a thousand dollars right now. So, you also have to remember, you know, when we're talking budget, we're talking about the, the times right now. Um, we would have sit there and, and said, I would never buy that Tula ammo, it's just cheap crap stuff. Right now, I would take Tula if it was a, a good price. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we got to talk about the times and all of that stuff. So, um, Clover, I want to bring you in. And and I know that you've had discussions. Well, obviously, we've had discussions. But, you know, the word budget and cost effective or whatever, do you think that uh, that is more, when we hear about a, a negative connotation, do you think that's more on the consumer side or the industry side that hates that word budget or both? I don't know that either one hates it. I think what the problem is, is we've got folks that are way too sensitive. Either things have, either they're questioning their choice in firearms. And so it's hurt their feelings when they hear a certain word, whatever it might be. Uh, or maybe they know their product is somewhat inferior. So it's hurt, hurt their feelings when they hear a certain word. And it's all subjective. And they've applied that label or tag to whatever it might be. And so what I think is it, is it, more so it just opens up it, it, it opens up a line of bad communication I think is what happens and, and I agree with what budget said about maybe a tagline maybe try to explain something but even then it's not going to work because people don't read they don't listen they don't pay attention um, and, and ultimately they're going to hang on whatever little bitty word no matter how long of a soliloquy you give explaining something and they're going to hang on one little word that you said and that's all they're going to hang on and they're going to just beat that to death yep real call makes it affordable now that's a word that i think probably because once again the word affordable means something different to everybody yep. okay um but i think affordable may sound better than budget i don't know i don't know you know i like the word budget but I also don't think it in a negative connotation. I, I, I understand what my beliefs of what budget is. And if I see a budget AR or a budget, that's not going to turn me away from going to watch that video or whatever. I'm like, oh, if it's quality, well, then and I can save money on something, then, you know, budget. and sometimes they're talking about Canix real quick. Yeah, Canix and SARS. Okay, I own Canix and SARS. And I've publicly numerous times will tell you that my personal belief that for the money versus value that a Canik handgun, the TP9 series, whichever model you get, is the best handgun in the world for the value and price. That's just my opinion. You guys might think, but we're talking about a gun that you can only get for about 300 to 350 Now, right now, maybe not, but three to 350 and that thing is going to have one of the best stock triggers ever. It is going to run any kind of ammo you want. It can do anything. The SAR is the same way. I've got almost 10,000 rounds through my SAR 9, and it'll eat anything. 
anything. So I have zero problems with that. Now, Warsaw's talking about he wouldn't buy anything from Turkey. First of all, I'm not buying them direct from Canik or from SAR. So my money's going to the gun shop, not to Turkey. Just saying. Um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Clover. You're saying something. I was just going to say, while well, you know, you talk about affordable, you talk about budget. And then, you know, I, my mind immediately goes to the question of in, in what context, what are you using this for? Right. So mm-hmm. what's the affordable option for X, Y, and Z. So an affordable option to get into a lever rifle mm-hmm. is much different than a, an affordable option to get into a bolt rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, affordable well, option for a pump shotgun. A thousand yard bolt rifle is right. much different than a, just a, a, a regular. A normal bolt hunting rifle. bolt rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh pump shotgun different than you know hey you know this is sporting clay's use you know five six seven eight hundred dollars that that's budget range that's almost bottom of the barrel <laughs> when you're talking about sporting clays for example i mean you can get up into easily five grand ten grand fifteen grand on an over under shotgun oh yeah those sizzle uh man i got behind okay um, so Delray says I bought an IWI Zion 15 and the other guy at the store told me that it was a budget rifle and I should buy a Daniel defense instead. But I listened to you guys bought two guns instead of one Daniel defense. So here's the thing is the Daniel defense going to be a better rifle for you than the IWI. I don't know. It may not be. What you're what are you gonna use it for? Now, are the components possibly a little bit better stock in the Daniel Defense? Sure, but guess what? You can take that Zion and upgrade parts internally and have whatever you want in there down the road. You were able to get two firearms for the price of one. So for me, if you're happy with those two firearms that you got and they are both gonna serve a purpose for you, then that dude, the gun shop, can stuff it. That's just me. Um, let's see here. Uh, have a little conversations going back and forth. It's hard to it's hard to talk a lot of smack about anything IWI. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and once again, is Daniel Defense's reputation? I think you're paying high dollar for Daniel Defense because of their reputation and name recognition. I promise you that that will run with the Daniel Defense all day long. Or it also has to do with whoever's it's the same as buying a Harley yeah. Davidson simply because it's a Harley Davidson. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, you're getting into some things with Harley Davidson though. When you get into motorcycles, you need to be real careful because I don't uh, shoot motorcycles, so it's all but, good. But I would agree with you. About the only perk to a Harley Davidson is the name, you know, and the luster and the clout behind it yeah. um, Ironically, 30 40 years ago that was not the case it did not have a good reputation within now, the motorcycle industry now we have to you know again i go back to what's the context what's it being used for how's it going to be used mm-hmm. right that's directly right. applicable to budget and affordable because okay the daniel defense maybe i don't know i mean i've never torture tested the two side by side right 
um, one of these days, maybe they both send me one and they send me a hundred thousand rounds of ammunition and I can do that, but I've never done that. Let's assume that it's a situation to where you're contracted or something like that. And you've got to take something into the sandbox, right? Yep. Um, at that point, maybe it makes a difference. Are you shooting competition at that point? Maybe it makes a difference. Are you doing something specific? And at that point, it could make a difference. But outside of that, it's like, it, it doesn't. I mean, I, you know, I can stand at 10, 15, 25 yards all day long and put, you know, 380 out of my high point into a coffee cup size group. Yep. It gets absolutely. it done. Sean out there says, I'm a firm believer in buying once and crying once. This doesn't mean you have to go the most expensive. It just means buy the one you really want. Do the research and see what's going to be best for you. That's exactly the right thought process right there. Don't let anyone, including myself, Budget or Clover, or any of the people on YouTube that are going to help you uh, buy a firearm, especially anyone out there that you don't really know, don't. Don't let anyone talk you out of something that you want. If you've wanted to go and get a Smith & Wesson M&P shield mm -hmm. for two years, you've been saving up your money, and then someone says, you don't want the shield. You want the three, the SIG three, P365. No, I've been wanting the shield for two years. Don't let that guy talk you out of it. Mm -hmm. If that's what you want, you've done your due diligence. You've looked at all the stats. You looked at what you want. That's what you want. Well, then don't let anyone tell you or talk you out of that because that's your gun. You're the one that has to be happy. You're the one that is going to have to utilize that firearm um, for defending yourself, your family, or whatever. Once again, like Clover says, whatever the application is, you're the one that has to be using that and happy with it. So don't let anyone talk you out of something. As long as you've done your due diligence, your own prep work and all that, it's what it is. Well, there's, um, a, there's another yeah. component to that application. Um, and that's knowing what that firearm is. I could go buy the biggest piece of junk firearm, maybe potentially on the planet. But if I buy that firearm, knowing it's the biggest piece of junk firearm on the planet and for whatever application, <laughs> my application may be, I make, I I'm collecting junky firearms, right? That's right. Well, then that's on me. I, I know exactly. So I, I get the buy once, cry once mentality, but sometimes that's applied to people that they're not going to cry once because they know ahead of time what they're getting. So when it breaks, they're like, well, I expected this because I knew it was a piece of crap or it was it had these issues or whatever the case may be when I bought it. Keith says you get what you pay for. I don't believe so. I nope. don't believe so. Nope. There are a lot of not sometimes just guns, you get more than what you pay for. That's right. And sometimes you get a hell of a lot less than what you paid for. Yep. Um, and it's not just guns. We're talking anything in life. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't believe in that you get what you pay for. I, I believe that if you buy something that is less than half of something that's identical and it doesn't work out, well, Maybe you should look at something, but we're not talking about that when it comes to firearms because firearms aren't identical. Okay. People are talking right now about the dagger, which is basically a third gen Glock 19. Okay. Let's be real about it for half the price. What's going to happen in a month or now when everyone starts getting their daggers and they don't work? What's it going to, what are they going to say? You know, it'd be interesting to hear what they say about that. 
will it sit there and say, now you guys understand, know that maybe Glock has something you can't just or, replicate it or is, you know, whatever happened, but it doesn't always work. Or does the dagger completely outperform a Glock 19? And now you paid half the money and you've got this wonderful firearm that should be $750. You got it for 300. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, that was exactly the point I was going to make. It could be the other way. Just we're not going to know for a few more months yet until they've yeah. been out in the wild for a bit. Yep. Um, I can't ever find them in stock. Damn it! <laughs> Every time nope. I go, they're they're nothing. They're out of stock in two minutes. You're not I'd like going to get to my hands on one. Probably October. Getting ready for the Christmas season. I bet you'll start finding some in October, but yeah. not until then, man. Not until then. Uh, now, Stephen Elder says which channel are you going to watch budget guns and gear or high quality guns and gear i'm going to watch a bunch of but that's me well here's the thing why can't that's this is the exact question that i'm trying to, to pose why can't budget still mean high quality and hence you see the impetus behind me thinking about yes. rebranding no i hear you it's that right there yeah no, I, I get it, but 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 I think that that is where we are right now. Is the word budget means low quality? It doesn't mean low quality. It just no. means maybe cost effective, less expensive, more affordable. However, you want to say it. But, but trying to put that into a channel name just does not have the ring to it. It doesn't no, as sing. A to. Name, as a channel name, I get the conundrum. I I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um. But yeah, that that's that's really where it comes down to me is is this damn like budget has turned into low quality. Yeah, I promise you, I promise you, I'll take my Canic TP9 SF Elite and put it up against an HK VP9, which is at least twice the price, at least twice the price, maybe almost closer to three times the price any day of the week, any day of the week. So that's just it's one of those. I don't know if Clover is back yet. I think he's yeah. back yet. So Clover, <clears throat> this this yeah this, and I'm not I'm not ragging on Stephen at all. But Stephen brings up the exact point. He said, "Which channel you're going to watch? Budget guns and gear or high quality guns and gear?" And my question is, is why does budget? Why can't budget mean still mean high quality? But oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. You know, go ahead. I absolutely can. Why does a channel name have to do? Uh, here's my thing. What does the channel name have to do with anything anyway? Um, yeah. You know, you're looking through videos and once you watch a few, you kind of get an idea of what they're into and what they do. Right. Right. What they're about. Love uh, it. G webs. Love it. Uh, right here. Yeah. From Webster adjective suitable for someone who is following a plan for coordinating resources and expenditures. No, what do you put down there next? Oh, I didn't see. I haven't gotten there. I see. I'm a little yeah. slow, man. I, I'm not very smart. I have to read slow. Says, Quality gear doesn't need to break the bank. I might steal that, That's right. G. That's right. That might be a new tagline. Yeah, budget guns and gear reviews. Quality gear doesn't need to break the bank. You know what, G? I'm that probably going to really steal good. that, brother. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, I like that. That actually has a nice flow to it. Uh, I really do. Uh, let's see here. All right. Do I consider, this is from Patriot, Simplify Brother, do I consider a police trade-in a budget pistol? 
Sure. But I don't look at budget as a bad meaning. I think that you can get a, you can get a police trade in Glock 17 and you can get it for 250 bucks. The Glock 17 for 250 bucks is, is a pretty damn good deal, in my opinion. Now, obviously, you got to make sure that go through that gun, make sure you might have to replace the spring or the guide rod a little bit here and there, or something, a, a trigger or firing pin. But that's going to happen regardless of what gun you have after X amount of rounds. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I was once again, ask and I'm not ragging on Patriot, but I think he's asking using budget in a negative sense. Yes, I think a police trade-in is a budget pistol, but I don't look at budget as a negative way. So go ahead, Clover. I heard you sign over there. I must have said something that yeah. pissed off. No, it's off. just I don't I don't like it when budget and affordable and, and all of these terms start getting right. applied to used firearms because you you know you can find a deal on a used firearm and then you can find you know you can have jacked up inflated prices on a used firearm, right? It's just a odds are you're going to you're going to find a cheaper one on the used market than the new market, right? So what might not be budget before would become budget if you applied that, but then is it really budget if it's used? Depends on how used it is. If, if 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 it's only been shot twenty times, and you're getting for two fifty, that's a much better deal than some of this two hundred fifty dollars been shot ten thousand times. Right, but so, it's yeah. because it's still, used. Still, you get what I'm absolutely. saying? Because it's absolutely. used, it's very yes. fluid. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes guns are better after a thousand rounds. Yeah. A lot of times, guns are better than after a thousand rounds. Especially, especially right now, break in periods and mm-hmm. not having ammo, you're almost better off. Buying one that's already been broken and save a little money, plus yep. save ammo. Now I don't know the answer to this. I have not heard this, Clover. Um, you don't. I never asked Cody this because I've never even heard this. But no. doesn't Jacob says doesn't Canik manufacture the pistols? I've been to Walther's factory. It's only a few hours from here, and not one time that I was at their factory. I I was I literally saw every inch of that factory. Did I hear or see Canik? anywhere so i don't think so unless this has happened recently do you know anything about it either of you no i'm gonna say no, no on that no right it's it's the same way as it would be saying that gerson on the uh, regard don't they make that on beretta, beretta machinery no well no technically they make it on machinery they make it on machinery that is set to some type of beretta spec sure yeah, but, but not here's the thing, right? Yeah. But not actual Beretta machinery. Now, yeah. back in the day when Taurus was bought out by, or uh, I mean, Beretta was bought out by Taurus, Beretta basically gave them the factory, abandoned the factory. So for a short period of time, anyway, until said machinery wore out and they had to replace it with more modern stuff, Taurus stuff was built on Beretta machinery at that point. But again, it's like. It just, just because a company owns a certain type of machine that's tooled for a certain pistol doesn't mean somebody else can't have the exact same piece of equipment. It doesn't mean that that equipment belongs to another company. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm reading through some of these. A lot of the Turkish stuff, basically it comes out of, you know, about three different plants. Three factories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. 75% of the budget shotguns in the world are made in Turkey, guys. I don't know if you realize that or not. It may not have a Turkish brand name on there, but that yep. factory's spitting out a shit ton of shotguns. I promise or, you. And or Russia those fact- or Finland. And yeah. those factories are operating at the same standards or exceeding the standards that ours are. The Turks know how to make guns. Oh, the the SAR facility, for example, Sarla's Moss facility, Sarla's uh, Moss, yeah. is like major. There's no there's no U.S. manufacturer setup that it holds a candle to how modernized and awesome the Sarla's Moss facility is. It is insane. the The companies, American companies, wish they had a manufacturing facility like that. It's amazing. People seem to think it's just some people over there with rocks and hammers and <laughs> chisels and rudimentary tools doing stuff. And it's like, no, it ain't like that. I mean, we're not talking about some mountain pass in Pakistan making guns here. We're the, it's a first world nation. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But I bet you that guy in Pakistan can probably scrape together, put parts in and manufacture a. Uh, a uh, he probably uh, could. An AK for you pretty damn easily. Let's see here. Uh, Sean out there says LMT, Cat, Centurion, BCM, Colt, Canada are my personal top five. There's a lot of them out there that are are you're 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 going to get. I believe there are a lot of companies that you're going to get more than what you pay for. Now, are you going to buy a high point and get an HK out of it? No. Let's let's be real. But for $150, which the high point C9 typically go for, for $150, you're going to get more or more value than what you pay for a high point. Is it ugly? Yep. Is it bulky? Yep. Is it heavy? Debatable. Debatable, but it's uh, it's on the heavier side, let's say, compared to other full sized firearms. Correct. Uh, it's it's debatable compared to a lot of the sure. subcompacts and stuff out there today. Yeah, it's heavy. But I own between pistols and carbines. I own three. Never had a problem with any of them. I promise you that if if for some reason the only gun that I had access to was a high point handgun. And I had to stop a threat. I would have zero problems expecting yeah. that gun to, to perform. Is it going to be a precision competition race gun? No. Do it, will it stop a threat? Damn straight it will. Hell yeah. Um, lots of people killed with the things. Guarantee that. Guarantee that. So you know that's that's kind of where I wanted to kind of transition is. There are a lot of people when you bring up certain firearms. We don't just we we can say whatever, but let's use firearms as the example. Whether it's it's a high point or whatever, uh, a sky, a, a Taurus, whatever it may be. Um, oh shit! I'm sorry, Clover. Before I transition, go ahead and make a great point. My bad. So G made a made a good point, and then I think he made a bad point. Okay. Um, Cause he's, he was talking about, um, he was talking about all the, um, 
Oh man, what do we say? I'm trying to find it. It's when he was talking about the uh, the differences in the, the fake uh, and equal. He said just no. Nah, he was talking about just because they look the same, right? Oh, okay, yeah, um, that one's really pure. Yeah, so that was good. He he's absolutely right with that. Just because two look the same, whether it's a CZ ish clone or this ninety two clone or nineteen eleven or whatever it might be, doesn't mean the tolerances are going to be same. Doesn't mean the metallurgy is going to be the same. Certainly doesn't mean that the quality control is going to be the same. Um, But then he goes down below to say that all the Turkish stuff is junk. And I got to tell you that the metallurgy, the tolerances on a Gerson, which is built in Turkey, um, compared to the Taurus, compared to the Beretta, is much closer, if honestly not better than the Beretta, than it is the Taurus. So while that... While that may hold true on some levels, um, that can't, I don't think that can be applied across the board. Yeah. No, no, there's no absolutes. There's no way you can make an absolute saying that budget guns or Turkish guns or whatever are this. No way. So transitioning into the next section that really is um, going to be an interesting conversation, I believe is when we hear people bashing on the high points, the skies, the touristes, even going as far as bashing Glock because they're just pieces of plastic crap that are ugly and they had the wrong grip angle and all that and the other. To me, I've always wondered, and, and I'm not trying to point out anyone in the chat, but it's just in generalities, but I wonder, like the guy that says, I would never buy a high point. That is the biggest piece of junk ever. Have you ever shot one? Do you own one? Or are you just listening to everyone else say that high point is crap and you're jumping on that bandwagon? For those out there saying that Glock is terrible, the triggers are terrible on Glock. Have you ever learned how to run it? Glock? I mean, have you really, truly not just gone to the range and put a mag through one? Have you really, truly run a Glock? And second of all, no offense, but are you the guy that has owned one or two firearms in your life that you've never shot a really good trigger? Do you know what a really good stock trigger is? That's where I'm going with this because I think a lot of people out there that are talking noise out there, not saying anyone out here, but just in general, in our community, online and in forums and all that they'll sit there and say and try to shame someone because they they get this or looking and getting this what experience do they have with it or are they just listening to every other talking head saying well i don't like this gun so well if they don't like it then i'm not gonna like it so i'm gonna bash this person for thinking about doing that and that's what drives me crazy um clover you want to come in with something well, we had that conversation privately, I think. Yeah, we did. A little bit. Um, I'm real quick if somebody throws something out to go, I don't like that. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's a bad gun. doesn't mean it's a bad firearm. doesn't mean there's anything bad about it. Um, and then I'm real quick to, like, I've never owned a Sky, for example. But right. I've seen tons. I've actually, I've got plenty of experience shooting them. Um, I've seen tons and no, you know, friends that have had them and everything else. And they have had all kinds of trouble. So I haven't had those issues myself. 
the thing about a trigger, and that's that's one of the first things people go to, right? Is triggers. And so here's a dirty secret that unless you go really high end, triggers typically have a break in period. Mm-hmm. There are tool marks. There are little minor issues. Uh, my Walther PPQ, one of the best triggers on anything that I've got, is my Walther PPQ for the first probably 100 rounds or so. It had a little bit of grit yep. in the travel, just a little mm-hmm. bit um, that I was able to tell because I'm used to really nice, more or less, you know, precision competition triggers. So I could feel that grit. Now, it, like I said, after about 100 rounds or so, it was gone. So had a little bit of shaving in there. It had a little bit of a bird. It had a something with the machining process, possibly, that, you know, finally worn through and uh, worn off and, and smoothed out. Yeah, Keith Osir. This he, he he likes Glocks, I think, but he says the sights on a Glock are bad. See, I love them. I love the you cup can and change jump. those out. You know, yeah, you, you can change those. Do, 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 can you? <laughs> here's my question: Whether you like the looks of them or not, I do like the sight picture of a Glock. That's just me. I do too. But if you don't, does that make the gun a bad gun? Can you still utilize and make that gun do what it's supposed to do? Is it going to go bang with bad sights? Yeah, you can change those out, but that doesn't make it a bad gun. It just makes you might not like that sight picture. As a matter of fact, I just changed out the sights on both my Glocks the other day because I wanted some new sights, so I put them on. So you can't always always change those out. Yeah. you know, we're talking in terms of uh, kind of in self-defense and other things, but I've got an issue when it comes to single-action revolvers, like true, you know, Colt single-action army clones with the receiver mm-hmm. groove and the big front blade. Yeah, uh, I have always had an issue with that siding system. Always had an issue. Now, does that mean they're not fun on the range? Absolutely not, right? But I would probably never be good at cowboy action shooting sports because of it this glock 19 right here has the excess big dots fiber optic sites love them did it take a while getting used to dotting the eye and all of that yeah 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 it's gonna take a little bit but they're wonderful uh clover you've got a question out here uh from chris do you see that i didn't do it uh no he said someone uh told him to sell his pump action because it blew up with factory ammo some reason i don't believe it yeah um do you know anything about that yeah the hat sand shotguns are not the greatest um you know when you get into quality control and stuff that g webs was pointing out earlier with with some of the turkish stuff some of the stuff coming out of turkey for sure um the hat sands are not the greatest all turkey stuff's great say the all turkey stuff's bad either you know uh, an an indicator that that is the case whenever you're looking at stuff that's made overseas and imported Right. And something you can a lot of times go by is look at who that importer for that particular thing is, that particular model is. If that importer has consistently been the same importer for years and or decades, then it's a pretty doggone reliable thing or that importer wouldn't continue to bring them in. Right. But if the importers change every few years or something like that, which they have with Hatsan, then that's an indication that eh, there may be some truth to the quality control and the problems. Now, should that shotgun, here's the question, should that shotgun give any trouble with factory ammunition? No, it should not. 
absolutely should not. Uh, I, I venture to guess because a lot of people will do this. Um, they want read. This was an issue that come up and maybe, maybe AR double G's chat or something the other night, but there are some shotguns that the manufacturer says we, of course we deal with the difference in packaging and what the website says as far as specs, right? We've had that issue ghost. You and I both. Yep. Absolutely. There are, there are some shotguns out there, especially when you're talking the foreign made stuff that the website will say when it's a shotgun, it'll handle three and a half inch. But if you buy one, it says it'll only handle three inch. Or two and three quarters or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. It'll hold it says actually stamped that it holds it'll take something less than what the website says or whatever. And then so somebody throws a three and a half inch in something that can only take a three inch. Bad things happen. And there you go. Yep. Uh Jacob out there says the PPQ is the goat out of the box striker fire triggers. Ghost wish they would keep making the PPQ instead of the PDP. Um, I I agree with you. Uh, as far as my experience in life, I haven't shot near the number of guns that most people have. I've shot a good amount of guns. Of the guns that I've shot, and most of the guns that I like to shoot are striker-fired polymer guns. There is no question that the Walther PPQ trigger is the best stock trigger that I've ever shot. Is it the best ever? I think it is. There are there, There's many triggers out there that I haven't shot, but I have not found one yet. The only one that comes close is the Canic TP9, but I still give the Walther a slight edge. It is, in my opinion, the best stock trigger out there. Now, that's one of the reasons why I, I'm not saying I'll never own a PDP. I'm not saying that. I'm a, I'm a Walther fan. But that's why I'm not out there trying to rush, trying to find one and really just talk about the PDP because I love my PPQ. And I don't see how they're going to improve for what I use it for, for what I need it for, what I would appreciate it for. I don't see how the PDP is going to be able to improve over the PPQ. That's my opinion. Uh, Clover, Mike, uh, your opinions on the Walther triggers and PDP versus PPQ. I have no experience with them, so I have no opinion. There you go. I'll go PPQ over PDP. I've shot both, and um, I like the PPQ better. Um, would the PP would the PDP grow on me over time or whatever? Yeah, possibly, maybe. That's it's a bad gun. But no, it's hey. absolutely not. It's very, very close to the PPQ. It, let's let's sure. yeah, put that out on the table for sure. Right? What they did is they basically took the PPQ and they just tweaked a few little things and there you've got the, the PDP. But, you know, he caveated, which is really great because he said best out-of-the-box trigger on a striker fire. Correct. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that, at least not much. Yeah. Uh, nothing comes yeah. to mind to, to argue against yeah. that. Um, right. But he did say striker because you go hammer and that's a whole different world. With, you start uh, with getting triggers. the 1911 games, the 1911 the Feezies, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Whole different ball game. Um, no, I, I agree. Uh, let's see here. 2A Dave says, hands down, my best trigger is a Breda 92, the LTT trigger bar, 12-pound hammer string. After that, it's Kimber 1911. 
I've heard Kimber 1911 triggers are really, really great, but I've heard most in generally the design allows most 1911 triggers to be really, really good. That being said, everyone knows I love a 92. I have yet to find a trigger in the 92 that I love. Does that make sense? <laughs> I have not tried um, the trigger bar and all of that, the LTT trigger bar. That being said, I love the 92, but I have never been a fan of triggers, whether aftermarket or stock and all that. I just like the firearm. I need you to. Know? We need to set up next Tulsa trip or something. We need to set yeah. up range day, and I need to bring you this croissant. Seriously. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I I have not tried many aftermarket that I know of, but I've I've shot a bunch of 92s that aren't mine. I've never held a 92 and shot one and say, damn, that trigger is awesome. Never done it, but I love the gun. It's probably my favorite handgun ever, but I've never shot a 92 and get, man, that feels awesome. I've had them that um, were so, good, where it's yeah. like, hey, that's not bad. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I've never said there and say, man, what trigger is that? I would agree you know, with I've that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. What it is. Uh, and I love the 92. So uh, most people that know me know that. Uh, let's see here. Well, the trigger only has to be, let's be honest about it, right? The, the trigger tech, let's just say. Um, sure. over the last couple of decades has drastically improved. And there were people shooting yeah. all types of competitions and everything else for a hundred years. Right. So yeah. the trigger is only part of the equation, the Can overall equation. Manny and Manny Oakley today. <laughs> right. And not only is the trigger itself only part of the equation, but we've had this conversation you and I goes before. And a lot of people don't realize this. The, you know where I'm going with this, so you might have to help me out. But the parts of a trigger pull, right? Mm -hmm. You've got the take up. You've got creep. You've got a wall. You've got a break. You've got a wait. You've got a stop. You've got a reset, right? Mm -hmm. And so one trigger can excel in one of those areas but be really crappy in the other ones in other words it's got massive pre-travel but then everything else is perfect well yep. that may not for a particular person may not be they may not see that as as good of a trigger as let's say one that has you know not quite so much uh that has long travel like that but then it's got a good let's say reset and they're like, yeah. wow, really like that. And the short, you know. crisp break on the wall. I mean, really right. crisp. I mean, short. Right. But that, that travel but is. A lot, you know, of people, a lot of people don't put enough thought into, they say, oh, it's got a good trigger. And they don't put enough thought into the mechanics of what's going on with the trigger and the different parts of that trigger pool. Well, more importantly is, is their criteria for a good trigger might be a really short reset. That's true. Or the yes. criteria for a, yes. a good trigger is X, Y, Z. The weight. Most, and might most be people, your. Most people default to the weight. I don't. But I most, don't people, most people default to the weight. And that's honestly the least important. This. I will say this, that guns that typically have heavier trigger weights, pull, pull weights, I am not a fan of typically. Okay, but I, I'm not going to sit there and say that I like this one because it's a five pound and I hate that one because it's a six and a half pound. What I will say is if you've got a little 
pocket carry 380 that's got a 13 pound trigger pull i don't like that i promise you but i mean you know what i'm saying is i mean on certain guns you know but yeah there are times i i, I favor lighter trigger pulls but i've pulled some 10 pound triggers that feel pretty damn good you know what's your double, right? double action single action you're gonna have that that nine ten pound trigger pull and it goes down to two and a half pound or whatever well and on on hammer fire double action right whether That's you're right. talking whether you're talking a double action revolver whether you're talking a semi-auto um mm-hmm. if you're used to that you're aware of what it is then you can stage right so you bring it up you get all the creep you get all of your your and you stop your finger right yep. right at the point where it's fixing to break you get back on target and then you break it's just learning how to shoot with that type of a of a trigger mechanism but some people like that. They like this, especially with double action revolvers. Yeah, they like to. They like this. They shoot from a stage. That's just how they do it. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this: I I know people that might be newer to firearms that if they like a gun and some new some they're new to firearms, they're 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 new to carrying or whatever, they like a safety, a, a thumb safety. Mm-hmm. Which first of all. Why are is people out there dogging guns with thumb safeties? If you don't like a oh, thumb safety, then don't freaking use it. Take it apart, remove oh, it yeah. if you want to. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah. lord. I'll, that gun sucks. It's got a thumb safety. Does the gun suck or the, you don't want to use a thumb safety? Anyways, hold another rant. Sorry. Um, but or you know, even more, more to the point, you don't want to take the time to learn to use it. You don't want to train with it. It's all a training go. issue. But I, I know friends of mine that are new in the last year to firearms. Wives are buying their first firearm, and they want that thumb safety. Well, they can't find one that has a thumb safety out of stock or whatever. I said, well, this is a good gun. And I said, and, and they're like, well, I don't, I, I like this because it's it, the, the trigger's heavier. So I'm even though the thumb safety, a, a heavier trigger to that person actually works because in their mind, I've got to pull that harder and I don't have to worry about it going off, you know? And I said, well, once again, everything has its purpose. Everyone has criteria that they're looking for. And when you start bashing firearms for whatever reason, because they don't fit and they don't align with what your criteria would be. Why are you putting your opinion out there to everyone saying, don't buy this. That's a piece of junk because it doesn't fit your criteria. That's just my thing. Go ahead. Well, it, it, Another thing plays into it too, and that's the experience you have, and with with what and with how much stuff, right? As you were saying that about the people that, oh, it sucks. It's got a it's got a manual safety, and I'm like, they would lose their freaking minds with the double barrel shotguns I got that go on to safety automatically, right? When you break right. them, it close them back up. The safety automatically goes on. You have to take that thing off every single time, and when you're playing around with it, you forget that. You know what I'm saying? And you'll throw some shells in it, man, and close it and throw it up and go to shoot clays or whatever. And it's like, click. <laughs> You're like, well, crap. The, the, same, the same people that will dog a thumb safety are usually the same people that love guns that have decockers on them. So they're going through that same motion for the decocker anyways. It's the same motion of flipping a thumb safety. 
Christ. You know, it's just it's so it's it's funny to me. People it's yeah, just but like with a decocker, you don't have to deactivate it before you take your shot. Typically, you're gonna have that double action. I understand, right? but a lot of people will go ahead and decock it to get to that single action. Well, for those people that do that, it's taking you just about as much time to do that as it would to flip that safety. So, like I said, there's there's a lot of things that I, I just laugh at sometimes. Decock to go to double action, by the way. What did I say? You said single action. From single action. Did I say two single action? Whatever, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you may have said from. I, I, have mis- yeah, I don't yeah, know. I might have misspoke. I'm not yeah, that yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had my crazy. See, I don't so. like. I know tons of people. I know law enforcement officers. I know people that just carry EDC, that carry 1911s locked and cocked with mm-hmm. a safety on. That, it's me. It's my hang up. I'm not projecting this on anybody else. You train and whatever you're comfortable with and you do what you want to do. But, uh, yeah, having something single action and carrying it around with the safety on with the hammer back ooh, i just that that that's a, that's a no deal for me personally i just like I, I'm, not gonna carry, I'm not gonna carry in single action if i have it you know i'm, I'm, I'm not this i will i don't trust myself <laughs> my, my backpacking gun is a 1911 and 10 millimeter and i carry it cocked a lock yeah it cocked Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Just, eh. Well, you you have to defeat both the passive and the active safety in order for it to fire. I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about it. This is yeah. true. And, and yeah. in a situation, I would feel much more comfortable in a hiking, backpacking, hunting situation than I yeah. would carrying it around in public and getting in and out of vehicles and just all the movements that you've got right throughout the day. Yeah. 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 I carry it right here, strapped to my back. Oh, that strap. makes a big that makes a big difference too. Absolutely. Uh, Rich out there says, uh, out of all the polymer trigger fires, the best is the CZ P10C for stock trigger. I've got the P10. I got the sub, but it's the same trigger P10. It's good. It's good. For me, it comes in a third. It's not better than a Canic or the Walther PPQ, in my opinion. It's good, but it's not as good as those two. Once again, we have different criteria. The size of hand, size of fingers are all going to play a role as to how something feels to someone. And we were talking about this, Clover and I were talking on the phone earlier about uh, some stuff. And, you know, I'm I'm out there saying, I'm out there, and I'll tell everybody, I'm not a fan of SIG or CZ. Not because I don't think that they're great guns. For the most part, SIGs and CZs don't fit my hand well. They don't feel good to me. So when I sit there and say I don't own a CZ, or I, well, actually I do own a CZ, but I don't own a, a hammer-fired uh, steel frame CZ, and I don't own a SIG. It's not because I think that they're crap guns. I think they're great guns. They just don't feel good to me. But I'll sit there and say, oh, I don't own a CZ. I don't own a SIG. What's wrong with SIG? What's wrong with CZ? Nothing's wrong with them. They just don't feel good to me. But once again, I have smaller hands or whatever. Someone's hand size or grip strength or whatever is going to play a role. Everyone has different variables and attributes that are going to go into their decision-making process of what's a good gun, what feels good to them. And that's the whole thing is you can't just blanket that gun sucks because I don't like it. No, it doesn't suck. There are some guns that suck just in general. 
uh, two a Dave had to leave and all that. But well, you can say that. Them. You can say that. You can say it sucks right. just because I don't like it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you can't say that. Sure, I guess you can say it. This gun. Su- I think I think this gun sucks. Yeah, that's what but I said. I say it all the it. time. Like I, somebody, you may like it. Somebody yeah. talks about a SDVE or somebody talks about a sky. Now, that like, gun suck. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't like them. I don't like them. They suck, you know. And then inevitably there, somebody comes back, I've got one and I've never had a problem. And then I was like, great, keep shooting it yeah, to each their own. My opinion yeah. is it sucks. Is that based on anything other than a bunch of personal opinion on a lot of things when I say that? No, it's absolutely not. But usually I caveat that after the fact and go, hey, that's my hang up. <laughs> you know, you do you. And, the more, the and by the way, I challenge and I, I, I would love to see if people create content calling me out saying that I think a gun sucks and show me why you think it's a good one. I'm all for it. Oh, that'd be good. We, yeah. You know, I have, that's great. Please do that. Drop. You know, please, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm being serious about it because what that does is now I you've want. got two different opinions and you've got more content out there about that gun. People are going to have the same thought process that I do. Some people are not. So it is what it is. Uh, Lucy out there says, how about the Franklin binary? Is it worth it? I don't think so. Um, it depends. It depends on what you're going to be using it for. And what, what application for me, there is, I've got a, di- I don't have a Franklin. I have a digi trigger and I love that some bitch. Love it. Would not pay $650 for it. Not because it's not great. It's just for me on a normal day-to-day basis. I don't have a reason for a binary trigger. I, I have they, a binary. They're cool. Yeah, they're cool. And they work great, but what am I going to use it for? Go ahead. I have a Franklin Armory binary in my 1022. Uh, mm-hmm. They sent it to me to review. And I like it. It's awful damn fun, but I don't really sure. see a practical application for it. I mean, it's yeah. a 22. It's going to be ammunition sensitive and fail to fire every once in a while. So, you know, if you want to use it as a way to break contact in a bug out situation to lay down suppressive fire, well, all well and good, but you know, what's the odds of that actually happening? So if you want it for range toy and having fun, hell yeah, it's worth it. If you yes. want it for a serious go to work weapon. Yeah, maybe not. You know, maybe depends. Like you said, depends on what you're going to use it for. Yep. Deuce, Deuce out there says, of course, YouTube didn't notify me. Have it not once ever received a notification for a gun channel, only for video games and other things. Uh, well, first of all, I'm glad you came over, um, which you might want to not just on this channel, but other gun channels that you actually do want to get notifications for under by where it says subscribe. There is a little bell. Click on that bell and it says it, it may say no notifications some notifications or all notifications click the all notifications and it should start pushing uh whatever channel that you want to get all the notifications for make sure that you have the all on the, under that bell clicks that that might help i don't know i can't speak uh, i i would imagine that there will always be issues maybe with notifications whether you're a gun channel or not but uh but yeah uh make sure that notification bell is wrong my god i'm way behind in the chat um all right geisley geysers are great triggers um there's a hyper fire trigger in that i've got a cmc trigger in my um nine pcc i like both of them uh, and you can get both of those between around a hundred dollars 
for a little drop-in trigger. $100 for an aftermarket trigger. Geisley are great, but is Geisley, since it's triple the price, is it triple better? I'm really I liking the PSA three and a half pound drop in match trigger. You keep saying I that. Got that's one what, of those. That's another one. I just got one of those for my AR, and uh, <laughs> it's freaking nice. Yeah, that's uh, one that I want to try because yeah. you were saying that. I have never tried one of their one of theirs, but uh, yeah. Once again, because they're they're economic, does that mean? Once again, let me put it this way: if I can get a CMC or PSA or Hyperfire trigger for a hundred dollars. And yep. you go get the Geisley for 300 Honest to God, is that Geisley three times a better trigger? Exactly. I don't know. That's up to you to decide. I don't think maybe there would be. I mean, okay. if it gives you enough of an edge to, you know, if you're a serious competitor and you make your money competing in, in, in three-gun, then maybe it's worth it. If you're sure. Joe Schmo like me, no. Yep. Yep. Um Gee, this is way back. Those his gun safeties kill you. I've never seen a gun safety been charged with murder. I'm just saying. I've never I've yet to see one. And if they have, they must have really great lawyers because I've never seen a thumb safety convicted. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Hey, but uh, hey, but unloaded firearms kill people all the time. This is true. This is true. Yeah. We know that. That's a fact, right? You know, I I've got I've got a um <laughs> I've got a 762 by 39 AR in the corner, and it's been in the corner all day today and hasn't killed a soul. It's just and waiting it, for the right moment. Maybe it is. Maybe Give it's it waiting an opportunity. for it to it in Russian, and it might just go ballistic, but it's been sitting there all day and hasn't killed anyone. I mean, yeah, it's a 762 by 39 AR. It's definitely a Russian sleeper agent. You just wait yeah, until it's no doubt. It's, it's, it a double agent. it's a double agent for sure. So that's nope. the scariest part about smart guns. Wouldn't you agree? What oh happens if some? What happens if? What guns. happens if we go to smart guns and the Russians hack the smart guns? Right, we're in trouble. So, no, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No, I don't either. That's why. I, that's why I, really, I was getting ready to say something, and I questioned: Is this the battle that you want to fight tonight? It's no, not. I was being you know, funny. No, moving <laughs> on. I know you were, because but I know you were. But I was getting ready to just bash the i. And I said, no. What still, about budget smart guns? Does that mean they're really pretty don't dumb? Don't you fucking do it? Don't you fucking go down this hole? There's Does that mean they're pretty dumb? Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay. Let's, let's talk about here. dumb guns here. Dumb guns. Dumb guns. Hey, every, every gun that I own is a dumb gun because the owner is dumb. So, um, <laughs> talking about, man, I'm so far behind. Robert P says, what up, y'all? What's up? That was probably about a half an hour ago. I apologize. I've got some dumb yeah. guns, apparently, because I get comments every now and then. That's dumb. So, apparently, I got. Well, and you also have dumb guns <laughs> that, that, that lose themselves under snow. I mean, that wasn't you. That was the gun. The gun got up, walked outside, dude. and buried itself in what? snow. Dude, so. my Glock 42. No, actually, my Jimenez. What? My Jimenez you is the hide and seek champion. No, I have not heard this one. You know the snowstorm we had a couple of months ago? Yeah. yeah my- Snowmageddon. His Glock 42 is outside the whole time. Yeah, it was out on the range. <laughs> Still fires, by the way. No problems. You know, yeah, I run out I, there. I had you know, to get a foot of snow off of it, right? 
and just knocked the snow off of it enough to pick it up to shoot it, honestly. And I thought, okay, well, assuming this fires, uh, I'm going to empty this magazine and all because I'm not going to trust this ammo, right? And now, see, you should have recorded all that shit. I didn't think about it till after the fact. It was, yeah, unfortunately. Now, ask about his uh, Jimenez tooth over so here. So, the Jimenez is the current hide-and-seek champion around here. I don't know where that's at, man. And I miss it. It's it's sad that I do miss it, but I can't. I, I'll run across it one day. I'll find it. I can't say shit. But, but, but how could you miss that Jimenez? It's a fun but little. It's everyone, just tiny. It's everyone just tells you. That, everyone says that Jimenez sucks. How could you be wanting to shoot that gun? Because it's fun, man. I mean, that's like the budget gun. Yeah, but it's just so fun. It's so tiny, and it just. It's just something. I mean, 10 yards, it'll shoot six inch steel at 10 yards. You can have fun I with it. Say, I would say up until about a year or two ago, the Jimenez was the budget guns of budget guns until the Altor came out. <laughs> yeah, Jimenez. Uh, MSRP wise, the Jimenez or the Phoenix Arms probably are the are the cheapest. The Altor is like $99. Yeah, is the Jimenez. Jimenez that? I, you know, my Jimenez, and it's been quite a few years, but I didn't give it like 79 bucks for it. Oh, really? And, it, and, that, was brand, and that was brand new. That was not used. That was brand new in the box. Why? Because it was 79 bucks, and it was a little 22, and it was all tiny, and it weighs like six pounds to be all tiny. It's weird because it's, it's really heavy. Um, but again, it's just, it's... It's just fun. It's just some fun little gun. Clover uh, Patriot out there says, where can I find the John Malkovich pistol in the movie in the line of fire? You're going to have to make that one yourself just like he did. I don't I was gonna say I don't think that that was ever out. Was it like is an actual no. firearm? No, he okay. cast it with resin and all that shit. Yeah, he made so. that. Just watch that movie not long ago. Great flick. Um, Chris Lang says, Clover, what's up with rare breed triggers? I don't know. Clover, you Mike, could, rare uh, breed triggers. you could, you could 3d print that probably. Couldn't you? I'm sure someone has, uh, oh, you probably could. oh I just got a design out there that's, for sure. That's basically yeah. all it was, was some 3d printed thing that yeah, like nowadays. He cast it. Well, he did, but I mean, you could 3d print it nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody know about rare breed triggers? <sighs> nope. Never Never heard of them. Of them. Never heard. Uh, going to, I'm going to look it up, though. It looks like an AR-15 trigger. So here's the thing. Y'all were talking about that earlier. Um, I don't own an AR-15 trigger that's not a uh, just a mil spec that I've worked on myself, tweaked some springs, polished, polished up trigger. Here. Yeah. I just don't own one. Don't see a need to, honestly. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Honestly, I bought that PSA drop-in trigger because it was a drop-in trigger, and I was feeling too drop freaking lazy to put, one, yeah. put it together. Hey. I hear you. Mm -hmm. um, the hi the hybrid fire comes with a couple of different springs that you can set the, the weight to. Uh, <sighs> but the speed is a drop-in trigger. And I have had There's, zero issues. Now, is it the greatest thing ever? No, but it's pretty damn good for $100. You if, know? You've, if you've got the right tools already, right? We're talking files. We're talking about super high grip sandpaper and polishing compounds and other things, which I've, I've had for many years. Um, and you've worked on triggers in the past, right? You're familiar with it. There is a certain amount of satisfaction to be able to go in and do stuff like that. Do trigger jobs yourself and see the difference. 
if you are mechanically ignorant or mechanically challenged, sometimes a drop-in trigger is a hell of a lot easier than trying to figure out what part goes well, you where. Get, and all of that. You I'm use just, the wrong stones or get the angle wrong on the sear, or and you just you've ruined you something. Well buy another trigger. You've ruined yeah. something. Yeah, you start over. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you need some old junkers, and this is what G. I know G. Webs is big. He's real big into like junkers and and parts guns and different things. But that's one cool thing about this. I know we're talking about budget and and uh, guns and different things. But here's an here's an idea. If you want to up your gunsmithing skills, like some of the stuff we're talking about, trigger jobs and other things, buy some broken guns if you can find them at gun at gun shows or whatever for 20 30 bucks i mean they're beyond repair but you can steal your polishing and and all of those type skills you could practice on those for anyone out there wanting to know about the um rare breed patriot there is it wheeled and well armed has a video on the rare breed trigger nice so go check out that channel right there uh, that's the great thing about our little kind of our, our friends are uh, we may not, but someone in our crew, someone in our group of friends probably has experience in, in pretty much whatever you're looking for. So if one of us doesn't know, we probably know someone that has firsthand experience and Patriot was nice to know that he knows that wheel and well arm has a video on it. So he's got firsthand experience. So uh, now G out there says, you go to jail when you grind that old trigger too much, old timer. <laughs> uh, and yes, I do have a video on the Digi Trigger. I love the Digi Trigger. I think it's great. And once again, they're fun as hell to shoot. No application aside from just having fun on the range. Maybe in a Red Dawn scenario. Maybe. Maybe. Nah, then you just take the guns from the dead commies. That's what I'm doing. I'm. How many times have you yelled? And I don't know. Maybe I'm just different. I yell at movie theaters, uh, movies a lot. People are idiots. But how many times have you yelled at the movie? Pick up the goddamn gun. I could. They walk count. right past it. You know, and it's just like, pick up the gun, pick up the ammo. Because that's what we're going to do in real life. But in movies, no. That Glock 17 must have a freaking unlimited amount of rounds going through that thing. But. Let's just leave the, the fully out of AK on the ground. We don't need that. I just need my, my Glock. I need yeah. my, my SIG. I, I love good. it. I love it when the um, the whatever it might be, good guy, bad guy, staring down the barrel of a decocked 1911 like he's fixing to actually get shot. I would yeah. be whooping on somebody. That's just me. But... You pull a 1911 on me and the hammer's not cocked. We fix a fight. <laughs> yep. Do y'all remember? I'm not sure which one of the uh, movie, which one it was, Lethal Weapon movies with Jet Li. And Mel yeah. Gibson has his 92, and Jet Li like, just grabs it and like field strips it in one move. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, you can, and you can do that too. If you practice that, you could, I think if you practiced it enough, you probably could, maybe, but maybe. it's not, it's not that difficult to do now as fast as him. Yes, I agree. It would take some practice, but I remember watching that going, wait, what, what, what did I, what was that? What? There's been a lot that? of movies that they've done that and then end up using the slide to beat somebody with it or something even. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, people say that the, the high point is the greatest boat anchor and uh, pistol whipping firearm ever created. It's I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with exactly. I don't agree with that. I think there are many better firearms that would be better boat anchors and pistol whipping weapons. Just saying. I think that a uh, a Browning M2 would be a much better um, anchor than a high point. <laughs> All right. It's a 125 pound rifle. Just saying. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Aztec says, or when a revolver is in the face of someone with no bullets in the cylinders. That's fair. Uh, what was That's that? Fair. That was. That wasn't something not too long ago. Yeah. Oh, I was watching Shooter, the series. You know, I. Yes watched all that yeah. and the, the dude that, that supposedly robbed the bank was it season three or something when all that went down yeah and they were showing the supposed bank robbery and he he pulls the revolver out on the security guard at the bank and i'm like i'd whoop his and my wife's like what are you talking about i'm like look there it's not, not loaded, loaded. There's nothing there. <laughs> it's like it's there's nothing in it yep no doubt <laughs> that movie, that series is pretty horrible with gun stuff for it to be called. It is, but it is such a phenomenal. No, I, I agree. It was a pretty good series, but it was just with some of the almost anti-gun ignorance that spouted. And then some of the not play as well. Gun. It's just like, it's not, it's not an anti-gun show, but like you said, the ignorance of the yeah, people was like, running it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were like talking about it. He was like, he didn't oh, this, this has got to be doing that for sure. He was like, there's very few people in the world that can make a headshot at 800 yards. And I'm like, what the <laughs> heck are you talking about? I'll go make it right now. If you let me pick the rifle I can make it with, you know, it's like, yeah, what? If you spend as much time with that rifle as he has, right? Like, not a problem. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, Lord, I always like these TV SWAT teams that come rolling in with their flat top ARs with not a sight one. No sights on them, none. It's great. Yeah, I've always, I've always, I'll say this. What used to drive me crazy back in the 70s and 80s movies is all the hip fire with ARs and, and AKs. At least now, they don't have any sights, like you said, no irons, no dots. There's nothing on there, but at least they're up. And they're, <laughs> yeah. at least they're not hip firing. You know, everyone's accurate as hell hip firing. Um, but yeah, it is funny because, you know, there are going to be the vast majority of people that watch stuff like that that have never touched a firearm that don't pick up on that. Yeah, my wife gets mad at me because I'm screaming at every, just like like Clover, I'm screaming at it. It's like, they're got no freaking sights. What the hell? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, at least they've gotten away from the hip fire. Or though. the or the uh, other thing that got me about about shooter was, did you notice this? Every time it would look like they were looking through a scope, and oh, then yeah. the camera angle would flip, and they would be watching somebody with binoculars. What? Yeah. Who had who who has a set of binoculars with crosshairs in it? Not even a spotting scope, you know. No binoculars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see BDC something with spotting scope or some kind of thing, but binoculars with crosshairs. First of all, how does that even work? Because you've got two lenses. You got two, and they're gonna have to line up. <laughs> so that's like, how does that technology work? I don't understand. But yeah, it throw me up the wall. Absolutely. Uh, Deuce Deuce says, "Love the fart trigger forced 
action reset trigger. There you go. Uh, AHD out there says $81 plus tax. There's an 81 reference. Love it. Love the 81 reference. For those that aren't familiar with the 81, check out Clover's live streams the last couple of months on the uh, Texas Constitutional Carry. You'll understand. Start at the, the live stream that is talking about the Senate committing, uh, the Senate committee hearing that had open testimony time. You'll know exactly within three minutes of what we're talking about. Uh, let's see here. Going about an hour and a half. Fantastic. Mike, I know you're, you're a trooper, bro. You're a trooper. You are looking pale. He's got a little uh, more color, it looks like. Are you yeah, feeling better? His, his cheeks are starting to bit. get a little bit. He started I'm feeling a little when better. We, he just when had we first to. started, you looked like that you needed... Um, well, be honest, guys, right before we hit the go live button, he almost decided to go to the, the hospital. Um, but, um, yeah. Nah, he just had the six-hour COVID. It's all good. That's right. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole either. So let's uh, let's move on quickly. Um, so before we start doing closing remarks or anything, is there anything you want to bring up when it comes to the word budget when it comes to not just firearms or anything, uh, is there anything that you want to bring up that we haven't really touched on that, that drives you crazy or we talked about you talking to budget or me Yeah, budget sounds just like fucking Clover. I tell you, oh, I thought, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not watching the screen sometimes. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Clover, go ahead. Go ahead. Jesus Christ. Budget. Someone talk. I don't care. Go ahead. Budget. No, go ahead, Clover. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You don't, no, nothing else needs to be added. We think we've kind of covered stuff. Nah, I mean, I've, I've kind of said it. I think that uh, G Web's comment on uh, great gear doesn't have to break the bank is, is really sums it up. How are you going to Im implement that into your branding now? I'm interested because that that's going to flow really nicely. I haven't decided yet. It's definitely going to be in. Channel it's definitely art, in my in my channel art. It's going to be in my media kit for sure. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I never from there. my media kit, did I? No, sir. You never did. I will do that manana morning. Shoot me a text if you will, okay. uh, and I'll. I will forget. I'm bad about that, but I will email you my media kit. All right. Sorry about Assuming that. Assuming uh, I haven't died overnight. Yeah. Well, if if I get a text from you in the morning, then I'll know that you're cool. If I don't, then I'll start worrying about you. Um. Then again, you might forget to remind me. So yeah, I might. <laughs> it's all good. Clover, um, go ahead. Um, kind of anything you want to bring up that we have anything I've touched on. Well, you and I talked that that sort of goes down this road. We talked a little bit about it personally about the yeah, we did. this idea that you know if you can't put shots in a, the same hole at 50 yards or something you don't need to be carrying or you shouldn't be handling a firearm or you're unsafe or some kind of you know it's just you know like i was talking about earlier with me and the single action revolvers you know i'm proficient enough that i'm not dangerous and i'm proficient enough that i can have fun with them but i i wouldn't carry one because i know my limitations on that the rudimentary sites with those and whatnot so those are reserved for you know, on the range and having fun, right? Michael mm -hmm. 42 is a totally different story. You know, I would go into any situation in the world with that because I'm 100% capable and competent and confident with that. Right. Um, Correct. but people want to, 
there's this one up attitude, right? That people have. It's like, oh, that that group sucks, or you suck at doing this, or you suck at doing that. Well, we're all different. We all have, just because I'm bad at one thing, you know, especially if I'm man enough to admit it, like the single action revolvers, right? Then where's the problem? Because I'm sure I'm better than that particular person that's trying to make somebody feel bad. That's all they're doing, right? They're trying to stroke their own ego because they probably have inadequacies. Let's be honest about it. But, you know, regardless, we all have our thing and we're all bad at some things and good at others. So it kind of goes into the denigrating people for their quote unquote budget guns. Right. And if, your sole purpose is home defense and you put, you know, maybe a few rounds a month just for familiarity through it. And other than that, the high point stays in the, in the nightstand. Then mm-hmm. what in the world's wrong with the high point? Seriously, leave people alone. Right. If you've got a problem with it and you can afford something more and you want something more and whatever the case may be, go, buy it. go after it. Right. And this whole idea of training, you know, you've talked about training a lot on this podcast. You know, if you seek something like that and that's something you want to seek out and go do and whatever, that's fine. But as long as you're proficient and competent and good enough, and especially if we're talking self-defense. Silhouette. You need to be a precision shooter. Silhouette. In that threat. In that threat. Because you're talking about, you you know, there's lots of situations where even if you are a crack shot bullseye shooter that can, you know, stand there at 25 yards. But then even if you are that crack shot bullseye shooter, they can stand there at 25 yards and put them in the same hole. What happens when you have to do that on the move? What happens when you're under pressure when you do that? What happens when that target is also moving? That's a whole different situation, whole different situation. And you can be just as bad a shot as anybody else, given the proper situation and set of circumstances. Now, there's going to be people out there that are thinking that we are getting ready to end. Um, all we were doing was taking care of that previous budget word. We've got one more topic that I want to bring up, and it's something that Clover um, had brought up to me in a phone call. And he says, I've got a topic, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, shit, I remember what it was, you know, type thing. And it kind of goes into the budget and all of that. But. I don't know if it was a comment. I want to let Clover explain to it. But the question is, is when is a product, whether it's a red dot, a firearm, ammo, a sling, whatever, whatever it is, when is something good enough? Like, what is that line? When is it good enough to be considered legitimate? But that's. Yeah, you want to explain the premise? Maybe there was a comment or a question that was asked. Yeah, it was was sort of like I've mentioned to before when we were talking, and and I just talked about I get comments all the time that, you know, I've tested something or whatever, and they're like, oh, you suck at shooting. You know, (laughs) for example, with the single-action revolvers. And it's like, did you not listen to the video? You, I I have a problem with shooting. Apparently, you've got a problem with listening because (laughs) I said that. So, you know, but it's still a six-inch group at, 15 yards or whatever. It's like, what's it, the it problem ends the with it? It ends the threat. It also puts tar- puts rounds on steel mm. if you're playing around. Or if you're hunting, it's going to probably take care <laughs> it's of. It's enough to take down a coyote or a hog or something. Yeah. What's yeah. the, 
what's the problem? I don't, you know, I don't get it. So, but yeah, that extends over into the gear and the guns that we talked about earlier too, is when is good, good enough. And that's what I said about the high point. If your purpose for that literally is to, okay, I'm going to stay familiar, you know, with it. So I'm going to shoot a half a box of ammo a month through it. You know what I'm saying? Just to, to brush up. But then the rest of the time it stays in a nightstand drawer. Right. And why that's good enough for some people, I think. Right. And so a lot of people would go, well, use that while you save up the money to get something better. But my question is, if that's all it's ever going to be used for, why spend the money to buy something better? Because that's very likely 99.9% of the time going to get it done. That's right. Uh, Mike, I'm going to bring you in and kind of ask that question. When is good, good enough? When it works. For whatever application I mean, you're giving. Yeah. When it does what you want it to do. I mean, <laughs> really, when it does what you want it to do. doesn't have to be the most greatest whiz-bang, awesome, super cool stuff ever. If it works. If it does what you want it to do every time you want it to do it. There you go. When you're happy with that. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw G under the bus here, not because it's G West, because I'm going to have fun with this because this is something that I hear a lot too. When your life depends on it, quality gear or go spend more for quality gear. If it's going to save your life. So I'm going to flip this just for uh devil's advocate. G has a link out there. What the hell he's not in here. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to flip the script and say the word quality can be just as misleading as the word budget on the opposite end of the spectrum. Someone says, oh, this is a quality one. What makes it quality? Because you paid more for it? Does that make it automatically more quality because it costs more? Or does it work that much better than this one? That word quality gets thrown around. Um and I think a lot of it comes down to a price point. Once again, I promise you, you can go buy your $3,000 handguns all you want. I'm going to go buy, I'm going to go grab my $300 Canic and I'll wear your ass out in a, in a, in a Red Dawn scenario if we're going to go handgun to handgun. And I feel confident in that. But it has nothing to do with the quality of the firearm. If it's good enough, like Clover says, is if it's good enough to work, and not malfunction, and to be safe to use, and to be reliable, to, to go bang every time you pull that trigger, and I can shoot that thing really, 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 really well, really well. I'll take it over $1,200, $2,000 gun anytime. Now, I understand what G is saying. In, in generalities, if you're going to buy a gun to go plink with, and it's going to be that nightstand gun or whatever, the truck guns you put in your truck and forget about it all the time. And if, if it gets stolen, they get, you know, type thing, I get it. If it's a gun you're going to carry every day and you're going to make that your self-defense gun every day on your person, do you may want to think about going to get something maybe a little bit more, at least tested, more proven? Uh, it doesn't necessarily be more expensive, but just be something that may may not be 
that low end that's unproven yet? Maybe. I get that. I get that. But once, like I said, what it, when is good good enough? When it does exactly, exactly what you need it to do every time. Now, what you yep. got there, man? I would put this X-Star EP9 up against any mm-hmm. PCC out there. Anything in 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 this size range in this class, because this so, is like a four hundred and fifty dollar gun, and it'll shoot circles around just about any damn thing. When we get to Tennessee in the fall, bring that with you. I'll okay. bring my Fox truck, Mike, five and a half inch nine, and let's have fun. That'd be a really cool video. Yeah. Whoever wins wins. But I, I mean. I, I think it'd be a cool video because I think those are two of the more popular ones that are out there right now. Yep. Those two brands, and that would be a really, really cool head-to-head um, thing. That'd be kind of cool. So bring that with I you, mean, and I'll bring mine. This the Ruger PC charger. Yeah. Same price, not price point, but same form factor, same caliber, same size. But you know what? That Hexstar does the job for a lot less. On the other hand. You have more aftermarket options with the Ruger, and a Ruger is, you know, all metal and, and, and whatnot. So and it's it just, a Ruger, so it, it must depends. be yeah. yeah. Well, it just it depends on what you want from it. If you want something that goes boom, well, you know what? I, as I said, I'll put that X-Star up against anything. It's a damn good little gun. Uh, I'm trying to catch up on my little rant. Guns and Barbecue says, Faust Tactical. Faust Tactical. What's up, Faust? Uh, I know it is that every time I've pulled the trigger on a high point, it has a very, it goes, it's gone bang every time and personally have never had a malfunction with one. I love my rigors, but I can't say the same. I'm not even saying that the high point is going to be the most, is going to go bang every time. I can just tell you that the high point that I have, the handgun, the C9 that I have, goes bang the high point that i have hits a target every time i shoot it the high point c9 that i have i'm not saying that it'd be my go-to but if that was the only thing that was left i would feel 100 confident that that could help me into threat that's my experience with my high point i personally will sit there and say that i have seen on way too many occasions a Smith and Wesson SD9 VE fail miserably. So yep. I will sit there and say, I don't think that's a good gun and I will never own one. But will I ever tell someone don't go buy that gun? I say, no, you know, make sure you go shoot it beforehand. But if it works for you and you like it, go buy it. I'm going to tell you what I have personally seen with that gun. I've seen it blow up. I've seen it malfunction. I've seen it do a lot of things. I would never own one, but I'm never going to tell someone that if they've done their due diligence and that's what they want and that's what they can afford, did not. I'd rather you have that than a stick. All right. So, uh, no spell checking the blind guy. Hey, if you're going to come in here and you're going to start typing, then you, hey, you're opening yourself up. You know, he, he knows that. So he and, he and uh, Patriot both know that I can give them hell because they're choosing to type. That's that's their decision. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, exactly. And he's saying, you know, if you had to trust it. So, do you have a high point budget? 
I had a uh, 995 TS, the carbine. Okay. They're freaking great. I would have trusted that thing for anything. Absolutely. Yep. So you would. The only thing I didn't like about that gun was the magazine capacity, the ten round mag capacity. You can get. You can get. Well, you get a yeah, twenty five. I'm not real happy about those red ball mags. I don't but, either. I don't like them. Um, yeah. I, I would like to think that maybe one day that High Point would be able to come through with a Glock magazine adapter or that something. Would be great. Yeah, just saying. Uh, but yeah, but so you would recommend the the the, the High Point that you have had. And yeah. had experience with you would recommend it. Absolutely, I would have had no problems whatsoever trusting trusting it with my life. None. Clover, I know you own multiple high points. Uh huh. Would you, if someone were to say, "I need," a, I, I've got someone that's stalking me or whatever. I've got this much money, and what that money can buy you is a high point. Would you have any problems recommending a high point to someone? If that's absolutely all they can afford and they have an immediate need, no matter what that need honestly is. Yeah. yeah. Now, depending on the urgency in the situation, uh, uh, maybe not. Right. So like, you know, if it's not as urgent of a need, uh, let's say that, let's say for example, let's say for example, they've got a shotgun already. Right. Or sure. something. Sure. Um, then maybe not at that point, right? Sure. It's someone that doesn't own a firearm and yeah, they, they don't own anything that is stalking them and the police won't do anything about it. And they're truly in fear for their lives. They have $185 in their pocket. Yep. I wouldn't have any problem saying, you know, that high point will get you through until you do whatever you need to do or you find, you can afford something else, but if you have literally $185, I've done that. You know, that does, it, does yeah. it suck? I mean, Texas soon to have constitutional carry, hopefully, and, and it doesn't matter. But, you know, even if you had an Uncle Mike's holster, right, for your high point, right, and you had to carry it outside the waistband in an Uncle Mike's holster, which, let's face it, would be uncomfortable, would right? Suck. Yeah. But you could always wear a jacket or something over it. And, yep. You could take that out with you. So mm -hmm. you could do that. Now, while I've, I've never had any problems with my high point, I've never carried a high point on a regular basis. So depending on sweat and humidity and elements and pocket lint and clothes, you know what I mean? And clothing lint and pollen and other elemental factors that arise from carrying a, a firearm around. Um, that would be one of the concerns I would have. And I may, might express that to them is look, absolutely outside of using it in your home for defense, where it just stays in a drawer and you don't have those factors. Um, you know, I don't know. Cause I never have put mine through the ringer like that. I I've never put mine through like a torture test. Maybe I will. That'd be kind of fun. Maybe well, but it, is it going to be. If it really doesn't pass or not, is, you know? but here's the thing: is a torture test necessary? I no, get the not. torture test. You know the meltdown, barrel meltdown video. I'm not I, talking about. I yeah, get I'm that. Talking, I'm what I'm torture. saying are the I'm gauntlet about, or whatever. I get that those five hundred rounds real quick, and I get yeah, I get that all that stuff. Yeah, I get even five hundred rounds real quick. I get that that stuff is educational to an extent. Mm -hmm. It reveals a lot and it's entertaining. 
But at the end of the day, anything outside that person's normal or intended use doesn't matter. We get back to how 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 good is good enough. I think, I think for testing and for reviewing circumstances, I think it is. I think it does matter because, and here's why. If you can go and put a gun through a, a 500 or a 1,000 round, not to say a meltdown, but just good solid pace, mag changes, dropping a couple times and all of that, that kind of stuff, because what you're saying is, is if, if you're never going to do that and yours is going to be the, the coffee table gun or the nightstand gun, or the truck gun or whatever, it would be nice to know that it can handle that because right. if it handles that, then it will be able to handle what I'm going to put it through. That would be the only reason why I could see the validity of that. Assuming no matter what the maker <laughs> model, assuming it's one of those that's not built on a Monday or Friday, correct? Very much Because true. even if it's a $1,500 handgun that you've seen Iraqi veteran put 90,000 rounds yeah. through, if, if you got one that has a factory People are out the door. They don't give a shit. you get the one that has a factory flaw, you're screwed. So no, there's, there's always an element, regardless of what you're dealing with, there's always an unknown element that something could go wrong. Mike, you feeling bad? You got to go or you just got to go. Yeah. Again? Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm feeling like crap. I'm going to go lay down and go to sleep. You want to plug anything or you just want to go to sleep? Uh, Mike, budget guns and gear reviews. Um, might even stay budget guns and gear reviews. Find me here on YouTube at budget guns and gear reviews on the web at budget guns and uh, budget guns and gear on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and EIEIO. Um, do a live stream every Friday called The Right of the People, where we use the first to defend the second. We talk about Second Amendment related uh, news, politics, and current events. Have a uh, usually, except tomorrow, I'm not going to because I'm not feeling like doing any damn video for it to this week. Have a I do a bushcraft woodsman type video on Wednesdays. But uh, yeah, that's not going to be tomorrow. I'm just yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you, bro. I'm not with it. <laughs> get feeling better if you need anything. Text me, uh, whatever. Yeah, feel better, bro. Hope you yep. hope you get better. Have a good one, and everybody out there in the chat, y'all have a good one too. You got it, bud. Be safe. So let me ask you a question, Clove. Uh, your your opinion, your opinion. Oh lord, it's not worth much, you, but okay. Your opinion slash what consensus is, not just with the people, but the true consensus of this. What I don't know, we'll start with this. Just your your experience, your opinion, the guns that you've handled and owned that you would feel comfortable saying, what is the most reliable firearm that you've ever been around? Like this is I know that this is the most reliable model of a gun that's that's around <laughs> gonna hate me people are gonna hate me glocks okay. glocks so and, and let me and let me caveat let me back up at yeah. one time i was a glock hater i talk about having one of the very first springfield xds that come out right like right. when they first introduced the xd i have an xd9 four inch why because i didn't like glock right yep I had a buddy that sold me on a glock 20 and and I just didn't like Glock. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way it felt. Glock, right? So I never really gave him a chance. 
because sure. I just did not like them. All right. I didn't have any other real opinion, which a lot of people are that way. Uh, I was that way too. And it's still that way on some things, quite honestly. Um, but saw bought the Springfield XD. Love the Springfield XD. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's still an awesome handgun. Really? My but one. I, a few years after that, a buddy said, oh man, uh, have you ever shot the Glock 20? I was like, Glock. He's like, 10 millimeter. And I'm like, whoa, because you know how much I've always liked 10 millimeter. So I was like, that piqued my interest. I said, oh, wait a minute. Okay, be a 10 millimeter, I might can stand the taste of Glock in my mouth, right? Sure. So I went out and I shot it and it was freaking amazing. Amazing. So then yeah. I ended up getting a 17 ale. And then I ended up getting, Still you know what I mean? A, another it, yeah. Glock and another Glock. And I, and, well, I've got five or six Glocks now. I don't have the 19, the most popular Three. Glock in the world. But, you know, I don't know. I've got three or four or something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I hate to say it because I was, a, I was a Glock hater at one time. And now I'm kind of indifferent. I don't really care one way or the other. Sure. Uh, whatever your thing is, go with it. But, um, but as far as what you're talking about, I hate to say it, but if there's one mm -hmm. that, it, it, and I'm not going to say necessarily any particular one of my Glocks, but if there's one that's like you 100% have to trust your life at in, in any given situation at any given time, right? What would you grab? Right. For best odds. And it would be, unfortunately it'd be a Glock. It'd be that or the camera. Right now I'd still pick that because of history in my personal track record. I've had it yeah. longer. I know what this thing can do. It has literally been through hell and back, yep. and it still goes. Yep. Now, if I'm going to go shoot competition, if I'm going to go hunting, if I'm going to go out on the well, range and have fun, issue. Glock is way down on the list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At that point, it really is. As fun as they honestly are to shoot in that capacity, too. There's many other firearms. I was not a bad one for like IDPA or, or USPSA, but yeah, there's but a lot. If you, if you corner if me into a blind guy, then go shoot a 34, and it's not bad. Yeah, if you corner me into okay, you're faced with an unknown situation that you're going to have to depend your you know your life is going to depend on that. I hate to say it, but yeah, I'll right. say it again. Glock, absolutely. All right, so so let me ask you this: so Glock is what you consider the most reliable, and that's that I have access to. No, that you have access yeah. to, and yeah. all that, and that's a mid-level price range gun. I would consider it to be yes. So there are guns that are much more expensive that aren't as reliable. So now I want to go to another question with you and whether you've had it, had access with it or just consensus, what would most, or what would you consider as the most quality gun of all time? Price is no option. Price is no option. Man, that's a good one. And we're talking handguns, right? Let's let's just say handguns. Just, Wait, we, just with so me, you know, with me, you know, no, you're gonna I, have to break that down. Semi-auto handguns. Just, let's just say handguns, just because it could go down a lot of rabbit holes. Semi-auto. Let's say semi-auto. Semi yeah, that's right. Here we go. Yeah, semi-auto handguns. Um, man. That's a good question. Um, yeah. That I own, or it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <sighs> I 
man, Canic just God, I don't own a Canic, but the Canic stuff, dude, I'm just bang for the buck. I mean, in, in normal times, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm looking for the needle in the haystack because, you know me, I'm an opportunistic so, buyer yeah. or I would already own several Canics. I want them at, you know, I want to find one at 200 or 250. You know what I mean? Let's don't put the wrong price uh, tag on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a buyer at even 300 uh, at this point, which would be a steal, I think, in today's market. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've shot a ton of them and yeah. they're impressive. Yep. Um, but that being said, again, I hate to, you know, I'm shilling Turkey here. So, um, but the Gerson MC stuff, which is very similar. And then the, um, uh, what am I thinking? Some of the stuff from Tanfoglio, which is really similar. And then you've got some, which is not Turkey. That's uh, Italian, but then you've got, uh, some of the stuff from SAR as well. Like your SAR nine, for example is solid solid for the money absolutely charlotte says you can tell and i can see you doing this it's, it's as soon as i ask the question you can tell that he's just got, it's running, tough, got man. images running through your mind absolutely it's because tough he, but you know I, i'll tell you why i tell you why i said tell you why i said one of the reasons i said can because <laughs> i did mention the other ones the sar for example the, you know whatever it might be even some stuff there's even some stuff from taurus um yeah. I worry about Taurus, okay, and I own plenty, but I, I just don't know that I hang my hat up on Taurus, uh, even though I personally never had any problems. I've seen a lot, right? I haven't seen a lot of issues with the Canon, so that, that takes the lead there. Aesthetically talking, as far as the way it looks, right, uh, the curves, the lines, the cuts, the everything else that's in mechanics, right. they're, to me, they're beautiful handguns. They're great. They've got that VP nine, that H and K, that European look to them. They've kind of uh, like, the Walters, like the Walters, like the Walters. Absolutely, yeah. it's got that, that VP nine. It's also got that seventeen slide look to it a little bit. I mean, it, it's 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 a little more rounded, a little more maybe more aerodynamic. But I mean, it's just one of those. I think they're beautiful guns. And, and, and here's my thing. I know this sounds crazy. I do when I'm looking at guns to buy. The first thing I look at is not price. The first thing I look at, not talking about feel, but just look at is, do I like the looks of that gun? Yep. Yeah. If the answer yeah. is no, I ain't buying it. I don't care what the price is. I'm yeah. sorry. I'll buy it just if for it the look. look I ain't good, gonna lie. Yeah, if it looks good, <laughs> yeah. then I'm going to have positive thoughts on that before I even pick it up. If that thing, I mean, that thing is ugly looking, I'm probably not even going to pick it up. And I, and I know that a lot of people, oh, that's stupid. Well, I'm stupid, but it is what it is. Well, I, and I, like I said, I'll buy and yeah. I buy stuff for all the bar- various reasons, but I will buy stuff just because it looks cool for no other Absolutely. reason. Because you know what? At the end of the day, as long as it goes bang, I'll go out on the range every now and then and go bang and enjoy how it looks and stuff. Absolutely. Um, would you take a chance with a Taurus 1911 at $400? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I would. There's nothing wrong with Taurus. The, here's the thing with Taurus. When I say, and, and I'm glad whoever that was that brought that, that up. Was, that, um, Gap. that was Big Gab, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let me back up on the Taurus with me. And, and, like, again, it's not speaking bad of Taurus. I own many and haven't had any issues with any of them. 
Um, mm-hmm. But as G's pointed out a bunch out there in the chat talking about quality control, Taurus is just not known for good quality control. So it worries me that they could On give top of not having good quality control. Their customer service is also not. Yeah. Very good. So you, <laughs> even though I've never had a problem historically, even though I've never had a problem, the odds of me having a problem, right? We're talking statistics here and probability are higher with Taurus because of quality control. And, but here's the thing I, I believe with Taurus, the, Night the PT nineteen eleven and the PT ninety two are the more solid of what Taurus puts out. Mm-hmm. I would trust I, those yeah, long before with, anything else. I'm I'm happy with my G three. Yeah. Caveat to that, I wasn't expecting much. Right. Okay. I I it, it definitely has surpassed my expectations. But it is still way down on a list of if I had to get one gun to grab and go do my thing, it's probably not even close to a top 10. But it has surpassed my expectations of a Taurus. Uh, you talk very highly of the 92, of the, the PT, was it PT 111 or whatever it's called? Um, P, whatever, they're 1911 or whatever. PT 1911, yeah. Yeah. Um, You've talked highly about those. Yeah, um, yeah I've got so, a couple. Yeah. Run as I, good I, as any I, other 1911 I've got, quite honestly. Uh, now, <clears throat> let me ask you this. I'm not a 1911 guy. You know that. Um, Rock Island. A lot of people say that that might be the best valued 1911 in the world is the Rock Island. Have you had any experience I with can't, that? I can't confirm that it's that way anymore. But when Rock Island first started making 1911s, they were literally made on refurbished Colt equipment. So somebody said, talked earlier about stuff being made on, they literally purchased surplus equipment from Colt and refurbished yeah, it to build. Now, I, I don't know if it's that way anymore. I can't, I can't tell you. Um, uh, or what was the question? Well, like Rock Island versus a Taurus. No, I'm just saying. Um, a lot. Of, I, I was, once again, I'm not a 1911 guy, so I think a Rock uh, Island is an okay. People, a, lot people, a lot of people will say that Rock Island makes one of the best value yeah. for the price 1911s. And I was asking of your yeah. experience. Rock Island. When you get into value, the thing with Rock Island, this from what I've seen anyway, is plain Jane models. I think yeah. there's some value there. When you get into bells and whistles and two tone and skeletonized triggers and hammers and, and slide cuts and different things, right? Yeah. The price considerably seems to go up with Rock Island. So is the value there anymore? I don't know. Uh, but I will say this about the Philippines, like the 1911 mm-hmm. is the, and that's where the, obviously the, the Rock Island is okay. made, right? Um, the Philippines, the 1911 is like a, a golden idol. To the it people is, in the yeah. Philippines, man. I you know, I don't know what the deal is, if it had something to do with you know the war spot around that area or what, what all happened. But it's almost a cultural thing. Filipino people I know like worship the nineteen eleven. That's like their handgun. The Philippines was occupied by American forces up until like the seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Since so they've seen a lot of them. Forever. There's a ton of them around there. Absolutely. Yeah. A ton of them. Um, and so you would, you would think because of that culture, you know, they were pr- probably a little more true to the original, right? 1911, whereas other companies deviate, try new things and what have you. So I might actually trust a, a 
a, a rock island more than a taurus i guess is what i'm saying yep um i said rock island makes some junky stuff too the m38 revolvers is it the m38 I think me line. Don't get me line. You're, you're asking me about revolvers. What the hell? Yeah, is that? I know. I know. But I think it is. They're thirty-eight. They're thirty-eight. They're thirty-eight revolver. Not the new ones. Not the new I'm that one that I had. Twenty-two. Just for you asking me that. I've got yeah, not it. the not the AL series. The AL series is made in the Czech Republic. But the uh, the M38s are and firing pins, spring issues. They just I've seen a bunch of issues with those. But like I said, nineteen eleven is not so much. Yeah. Um, I actually got to play with one. Wars of the 80s. Come on, man. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, um, you know, I know you're, you talk about the, uh, the smaller frame nine millimeter 1911s. Yeah. And yeah. I got to play with one of those. I think I told you about that. Uh, a Rock mm -hmm. Island that came through the shop here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it was just a plain Jane model and it was, it was, it was decent. It was decent. I mean, first impression, what I got of it and everything else. Obviously, yeah. I did extensive testing or nothing else with it but i was like well, i was kind of impressed with the price patriot says they still make them in grass huts in the back of the philippines that it wouldn't that would not surprise me would not surprise me all right uh right there the two hour mark which is kind of where we like to it, unless we just have really interesting yeah. cool shit to cut it off but right. this is when both of us start getting cranky tired hungry gotta pee all that stuff comes into it for me i gotta smoke so uh the two hour mark is about where we gotta go with it um now big gab tv says that the academy has a tourist 1911 for 4.99 right now that's probably not a bad price at all um let's see here the nine millimeter nineteen. This is G was the nine millimeter nineteen eleven is a slap in the face to Browning. Okay, I think that the fact that the Browning has, I mean that the Browning would be happy that the nineteen eleven is still a relevant firearm, even if it means that for some people it has to reinvent itself with different calibers. The fact that the you know, over a hundred years later that design is still relevant. Yeah, I think he'd probably be proud of that. Yeah, the uh, and that's what I was fixing to say when we were talking about the PT-92 and the PT-1911 from Taurus, or if it's another variant made by another company even. Those are, like, not true designs to that company, right? So the design, the basics of the mechanics and how it works is all basically the same, right? It's not like they invented a whole new firearm that may or may not be reliable or work. They're building something based off proven designs. So mm -hmm. uh, I think when you go that route, you stand a better chance of getting something a little more reliable and a little better. Absolutely. Um, but a lot I'm of people the, don't. Just buy a high power. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah, no kidding. And there are Argentine versions and uh, um, other versions of the, I uh, can't think of all of them offhand, but there are other versions of the high power that are, to me, are just as good as a Browning. Yep. Alrighty. Um, man, you got a lot of stuff you've been going on. You're following a lot of stuff. Um, you want to talk a little oh, bit about what's that. going on with you, but also for those that might have missed recently, 
I don't know if you want to go down the rabbit hole of talking about the update of the Texas constitutional carry or it's yeah, or what, but yeah, go for it. You got the floor. We can. It's it's pretty easy to go through. Uh, it has passed of a short story on it. If anybody wants the details, there's a playlist with, uh, uh, hours and hours and hours and hours of coverage. Um, but, uh, yeah, go literally 30, 40 hours. I'm complaining about two hour chat. You were on for 10 hours. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, lately five or six hours is nothing for me. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't suffer from that issue for sure. Anyway, um, with, um, but yeah, if you want all the details and stuff and recommended, if you got nothing better to do, it, it certainly gives you a insight to the process. Uh, you know, I've talked about this, but a lot of people, they eat the gummy bears, but they have no idea how it's made. In other words, they see the headline that so-and-so passed this bill, right? Whatever it might be. And you're like, yay, we won. There's it. But you have no idea the process that it has to go through in government and how murky and muddy and nasty and crazy and all the twists and turns that happen. And you don't get to see we, we denigrate politicians. And immediately, uh, admittedly, I should say, for the most part, politicians deserve it. But when you see certain people and you're following the process and you see them on the House floor, Right. They don't have media necessarily all around them and and 24 seven, not at the state level, 24 seven CNN footage. Right. And all kinds of stuff. And you see them make these speeches and defend certain things. And, you know, you see the, you know, everything that's going on. I mean, it's just cool. And then the hearings you mentioned that we covered. Right. And the regular people that got up and spoke in front of uh, government on both sides. you got to give credit even to the moms, chicks and the and the people that opposed it. They got up there and, man, they had their points laid out in their speech and they spoke. And I mean, it's a beautiful thing to uh, 10 hours of that is a pain in the butt to sit through and watch. But at the end of the day, that's how it works. I mean, these yahoos should have to sit through 10 hours of listening to the people right before they consider passing something and so um long story short it's already too late but yeah if you want all that process which is awesome go check out that playlist uh it has passed it's over and done as far as passing the house and the senate it's waiting on the governor to sign it um and so far i've been trying to keep up on that because if he signs that live if that feed there's a feed or anything live where he signs it i want to go live when he's doing that uh, but regardless, once it gets signed, we will also have kind of a celebration party. Uh, I've got a few things we can do some drawings and give some things away and basically just hang out and relish in the wind. Um, there's, I'm starting to get a lot of fallback now that it's actually fall out. I should say now that it's passed the house and the Senate and it's waiting on the governor's signature. And I don't know whether it's anti gunners coming in and, and trying to cause trouble or it's literally extreme right wingers coming in that nothing's ever good enough for them but man i'm getting all kind of flack in the comments on that it's it's some of it's interesting may have to cut a video just on some of the comments uh is is pretty doggone crazy but uh the vast majority of people fought very hard they called their congressmen they called their senators we put massive amounts of pressures on, on these yahoos uh and ultimately it's going to be a victory we're going to get it done is it is it the most perfect bill ever written no um, there is it. exactly there is never a perfect never been to my knowledge correct me if i'm wrong anybody is welcome to email or dm or whatever um uh, if there's ever been a perfect piece of legislation ever in the history of government i don't think there has been but you know what 
we got it through and we can work on things now uh moving forward just like we we always have but uh yeah that's it uh yeah, big for, uh, says he's already got his backpack and holster picked out as soon as eight guys can carry which uh when it is signed you said what september one it goes into effect we'll go into effect september one yeah okay. yeah and a lot of people don't understand why that is um but here's the thing whenever it, that's not uncommon at all for a delayed enactment of legislation because think about it they're having to rewrite criminal code they're having to rewrite civil code they're having to redo procedures because of this legislation and it takes time there might even be some court cases that need to be that's possible too state supreme Um, cases filed or something yeah yeah i mean there's all kinds of things uh administratively that have to go into effect think about it if the government assigned it and immediately went into effect well Law enforcement officers in the middle of nowhere, West Texas, may or may not know the new legislation and the law because it hasn't been rewritten into the code and that code distributed and so forth. And think of the chaos that would cause. So anytime, like I said, not uncommon, anytime any new legislation is proposed, usually there's a delay in enactment. So for all the newbies to the political process, don't don't freak out. That's a big deal in my comment sections too. And it's like, don't freak out over this, please. It's it's common. It's normal. Uh, big Gab has one final question that we're going to answer before we get out here. He says, would you buy pistols from a pawn shop? I can literally count on one hand how many guns that I have bought that have not been through a gun slash pawn shop pretty much it, all the guns that i buy except for maybe three of them i bought a gun shop slash pawn shop so um and absolutely i would have no reservations um buying from a pawn shop what about you I know your answer, but yeah, go ahead. I'd be, I would, yeah, I can't, I can't even begin to count the number ones I have. Right. Um, but I would take a little more cautious approach. First of all, do you sure. know this shop and the people that own it? Are they fair people and are they gun people? And do they know that there's nothing wrong with it? And blah, 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 blah. Because I know some pawn shops that the people don't know firearms very well. They'll take it in on the assumption that it's working and it's good. And there could be something even dangerous wrong with it. Right. So first of all, how do you trust the people who's there? And then is there some type of guarantee? Uh, most gun stores and, and especially big box stores, they won't allow you to return a gun. You can bring it back and they'll send it to the manufacturer for you. But a lot of the pawn shops will allow you to at least bring it in and trade it in, right? Mm-hmm. Trade it back in on something else, credit, uh, yeah. whatever. So uh, see if they offer some kind of thing like that, especially if they're not gun people. Uh, and then if they're not gun people or you don't trust them, um, I would say, Find you a gunsmith or find you a gunsmith that's maybe willing. Maybe you got a friend or acquaintance that's a gunsmith. They can go down there and take a look at it Mm -hmm. or maybe make a deal with them where, hey, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to take it to a gunsmith. If he says there's something wrong with it, can I bring it back and trade it for something else? But just be be cautious of that because there are some shady pawn shops out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Great comments out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. Two hours, 10 minutes. Awesome chat. It was a fun discussion. Um, as always, we always have fun, especially when me you and Mike get together. It's 
it could go on forever. I hope Mike Budget Gun Gear gets better. I want to plug if you guys missed him. He was here for the first about hour and 50 minutes. But he's a little under the weather and had to leave. Go check out uh, Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. Great channel, all of that stuff. Uh, I'm going to give Clover some time here to plug his stuff as well. But, um, yeah, thanks for everyone for watching out there. If you made it two hours, two minutes live, all you guys are still the 27 of you are still out there live on the YouTube side. Thank you so much. If you're watching this or listening in podcast and you've made it this far with this, God bless you. Uh, man, you must have literally nothing else to do or nothing else to listen to, but you're awesome. I love you. Uh, thanks to my patrons out there, all of my ch YouTube channel members out there. Uh, thanks for the guys that uh, I want to say it was mandatory, Carrie and Lucy out there with the super chats. Appreciate you guys. But that's going to be going down range to uh, some care package for some guys and girls out there. So thank you to that. Um, if you are watching and replay or listening on podcast, utilize the comment section. If you have a comment that you want to uh, get to me or a question, utilize that. If you got a question for budget or for Clover, go ahead and put that question in the comments. I'll make sure they get that question and um, they'll answer you and all of that. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for watching. Clover, I want to give you a few minutes to, aside from the Texas two-way thing, you got any projects or any uh, podcasts that are coming up? Oh man, I, I'm uh, well, I mean, I know you don't do anything, but if you were to so do some stuff, on that line, Matt Schaefer, who who uh, is the representative that brought forth the bill in, um, uh, in the house, he's, he's from Tyler. Yeah, the author mm -hmm. of it. Uh, working to get him on on a podcast. Working to get Rachel Malone from uh, Texas GOA on a podcast. Kind of talk about some behind the scenes on that. So that'll be cool coming up. I've got tons of review stuff. So a lot of the new people that have come in. I've been trying to tell them, it's like, look, I'm a dude that does reviews and I love the industry and doing that part of things. Um, I step up for 2A when it's Texas and it's important and I've got to use my platform for that purpose. And no one else is doing anything with it. Yeah. But, and no one, yeah, especially when none of the big gun tubers are going to do the, the stuff. I mean, they're too busy shilling or whatever. But um, I love working with the industry. Still not be infringed. There you go. Infringed. Yeah. Um, but I love working with the industry. I love playing with new toys and new things and just having fun on the range and filming that stuff. So uh, we're going to get back to some of that uh, here here shortly on the channel. I've got uh, and actually coming today. We were talking uh, off air or whatever about uh, having about 10 items coming, you know, and uh, got those uh, right here on this table. That, uh, yeah. This, it's, yeah. It's, got it's, those it's, off the FedEx it. truck. Yep. <laughs> Got them off the FedEx truck today, and I'm already 10 or 12 items probably behind because of all this. So a uh, lot of review content and other stuff, other stuff uh, coming up for sure. Um, was there anything Sim else? I don't, I don't think there's anything Patriot. Um, Well, um, tomorrow night, you, are you doing a show tomorrow night? I am going to do the – no, tomorrow's, tomorrow's, tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. So Thursday night. Oh, bless it is. Yeah, yeah the – the studio we are we're going to talk about um a little bit about new channels um you know i had i had some questions from a fellow creator um that seemed to think that gun tubers were a dying breed and and i don't know that i agree with that uh and he was talking about he's seen some channels and i don't know of any but he's seen some channels that have got kind of burned out and quit and whatnot and i you know i don't know that i agree with that or i've seen that happening but we're going to talk a little bit about you know, how to keep going and how to try to keep a channel growing and keep things interesting and fresh. And so not only getting things started, but, uh, 
you know, keeping things rolling and having, I guess, having the right mentality about it would be a way to, to put it. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about uh, Thursday night. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much, guys. I want to uh, wish everybody a great rest of the week. Have a very safe Memorial Day weekend. This is going to, you know, it is every year. So if you're out there and you hear this, it might piss you off. It, what it is, it is what it is. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend this weekend. Um, but remember what we're celebrating. When you're out there having your hot dogs and your beer and you're cooking out and you're on the lake on the boat and you're enjoying, which you should be enjoying the time with your family and friends, spend five seconds of that time that you're doing that and remember and just say thanks to all. Memorial Day is about the men and women who sacrificed the their lives for you to do that for our great country this is not veterans day this is not armed forces day this is memorial day this is to show the ultimate respect for the ultimate sacrifice that men and women gave for our country to be where we are so enjoy your family go out on the lake go out and and do the the cookouts and drink and have a great time with your family and friends just do me one favor Spend five seconds this weekend and just say thank you to everyone that that allowed you to do that. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. Go check out Budget Guns and Gear Review. Go check out CloverTech. Go check out a lot of the great creators that were out in the chat. Rich White, Patriot in the Dark, Gizzard Gary was out there. Snob was out there. Um, man, who am I missing? There were some great ones out there. Um, that are, are great creators, obviously G-Webs, the, the OG of the gun community. But go check these guys out, check out their content and all of that. We'll see you soon. Once again, happy Memorial Day, Semper Fidelis. <laughs>